Welcome to This Week in Rauk Beer, the world's most important, long-running, and awarded show dedicated to smoked beer. I'm your host, John Hall. Bill and Hagen are on the brew deck this week, taking some time to tend to their lagers. So it's just me solo in the host chair this week. And we're brought to you by All About Beer. Check out allaboutbeer.com, follow us on social media, and listen to our other podcasts. And to support independent journalism in the beer space, please visit patreon.com slash allaboutbeer. And don't forget to keep up with This Week in Rauk Beer on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. To look and drink your very best, please support this show by visiting our merch page at allaboutbeer.com slash merch. There, you can get a This Week in Rauk Beer glass, a Camp Rauk Beer mug, shirts, and a really comfortable All About Beer golf hat. Every order supports the work that we do, so thank you for helping out. Bart Watson will be here in a moment, but first, it is time for our Rauk Beer Brewer panel, and we're joined by three distinguished brewing professionals who are all celebrating smoke. Spencer Longhurst grew up in the Canadian Rockies. He spent a lifetime in the hospitality industry before getting into professional brewing a dozen years ago. He's a graduate of the American Brewers Guild Brewing Sciences and Engineering Program. Uh, he spent time brewing and living in Canada, the UK, Australia, and the United States, and he's currently the head brewer at Barrique Brewing and Blending in Nashville, Tennessee, where they focus on barrel-aged beers, including open-fermented mixed-culture beer, continental lager, English ales, and, of course, smoked beers. Will Gomez is the brewer of the Brew Bridge in Owensboro, Kentucky. He's been brewing professionally since it opened in 2020. It's a small seven-barrel brew pub slash barbecue establishment and the first brewery in Owensboro since Prohibition. He is also a 2022 scholarship award recipient of the Michael James Jackson Foundation and just completed the WBA Concise Course in Brewing Technology through the Siebel Institute. And Logan Ackerley, he is the head brewer at Wall and Paul Pack Brewing Company, an award-winning brewery located in the northern Poconos of Pennsylvania. Entering the industry in 2015, he has worked his way through bartending, sales, cellar work, and eventually on to production. He joined Wall and Paul Pack when they opened in 2017 after short stints at Abandoned Brewing in Penyan, New York, Old Saratoga Brewery in Saratoga Springs, New York. And since accepting the role of head brewer in 2018, his beer has received both national and international recognition, including a GABF silver medal for English Pale Mild and the world's best cream ale at the 2022 World Beer Awards. He says he loves brewing and consuming Rauk beer, enjoys experimenting with smoked ingredients other than malt, such as peaches, pumpkins, and honey. Gentlemen, it's an honor for all of you to be here. Spencer, let's start with you. What is the best style of beer and why is it Rauk beer? The best style of beer is Rauk beer because it's uh, smoky and delicious. Logan, what do you love most about Rauk beer? I love everything smoked. So that, that smoke character that you can get from all different types of wood, can't beat it. <clears throat> and Will, what do you say to the very few folks in the world who still think that Rauk beer isn't for them? Um, keep trying it until you like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about, uh, the, the very clear renaissance that Rauk beer is, is having right now. Um, Logan and, and, and Spencer, 
I am continuously amazed at how much Rauk beer your two individual breweries uh, turn out. Will, I think you're on your second Rauk beer since you opened? Yes, that's correct. All right. So you're going to catch up to these guys eventually. Um, yeah, but Logan, yeah. I want to hear from you guys first, and then we're going to get into Will because he's he's been doing some fun things with his beers. Um is there consumer demand for this? Like, do you have people who come in and ask like what your latest Rauk is in the same way that they do IPAs? That's a jump ball for either of you. Uh, Spencer. Yeah, I can't really say that uh, we have people coming in and asking what the new one is. Yeah. Um, but it actually, you know, every time we release a new one, it sells pretty well. We have made the mistake of rebrewing them before uh, and those the second batch didn't go over as well, but uh, yeah, the first one always always flies well. People are interested if they give it a chance. I, I feel like all evidence to the contrary, when you did your smoked Hefeweizen as a, uh, uh, a, a naked appeal uh, for my love and, uh, and, and admiration uh, with Holland Oats. Um, last time I was at the brewery, I saw it in the bargain bin and I was just <laughs> wounded by it. Uh, yeah. What was it about that beer that that deserves such uh, unfair treatment? Uh, that one was a little weird. I think people just didn't. I, I think people probably didn't know what it was. Um, not too often you see smoked wheat beers, bison beers. Uh, and then we added that one, uh, used a ton of oats in that one. Uh, so it was fermented with Hefeweizen yeast, but it was all oats instead of wheat. And I think it was just a little too weird for people. It was a beautiful beer. It, it was. And it held up really well, um, through, you know, as long as it was around. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it lingered a little bit. Do you think it would have sold better had you actually put my likeness on the label? I mean, of course. Should have done a podcast around it or something. Should have done an entire podcast around it. We <laughs> missed that week in Rauk Beer. Uh, yeah. We were so packed up with other news that we had to push you to the following week, and I apologize for that. Uh, and then it just never got rescheduled. Spencer, though, in 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 a serious way, though, um, I know the last time I visited a couple years ago, uh, you had like three or four Rauk beers on tap, which I was delighted by. Um, <laughs> is that normal for you all? Uh, that's not typical. No, we try and keep one. We've only got eight draft lines, so we try and keep one at all times, but, um, just juggling the limited tanks that we have, uh, that that's a little bit hard sometimes, but. So how do you work it out on your, on your brew schedule then? Um, I try and brew more rock beer than IPA. That's goal one. When I write the production schedule. Yeah. How's that working for the bottom line? It's working great. Rockbeer is way cheaper to make than IPA. <laughs> What's consumer response though? I mean, obviously if you're having it continuously, like are there people who come in just There's, looking for that? Is it, is it part of a larger rotation? Are they, uh, are they mixing it up when they're, when they're drinking pints? Like what's the. Yeah. It's not often that someone will come in and exclusively drink rock beer. Um, you know, they'll usually try two or three of our offerings and Rupert is usually the one they finish with. Um, but there are some people that come in exclusively asking for it. And when we don't have one, they're like, oh, last time I was here, there was a smoked beer. It was really good. Do you have that? I'm like, uh, unfortunately, not right now, but check back in a couple of weeks or something. It, it's <clears throat> not a, a beer 
that actually pairs well with barbecue. I, I know people think, you know, smoke with smoke and I don't, I don't always agree with that. Um, but do you think Nashville being known for, you know, good pits and good smoke with food that there is a, an interest on behalf of either local drinkers or the tourists that are coming through for those flavors? Yeah, I think because, you know, the, the whole South in general has this affinity for smoked meats and smoked food that people are more willing to try it. For sure. Yeah. And so, Will, in your bio, uh, you mentioned, you know, being a brewery and a barbecue joint. So is there is there a correlation? You've done two now. And if I'm remembering correctly from the Facebook group, um, uh, your 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 first one was just a couple of months ago, and you were all psyched about it. Um, did the folks who were coming in for the food were they excited when they got to taste your Ralk beer? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so this area, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, we're the first breweries since Prohibition, so people are still getting adjusted to just having craft beer brewed locally in general. Yeah. So they're they're more used to drinking, you know, blondes and light lagers and stuff. So I'm slowly introducing different styles that they might have not heard of before, like rock beer. Yeah. So um, that's my goal is to incrementally add more as time goes on. So. I mean, not to cast aspersions on on your drinking clientele, but I imagine in November when you put out a two and a half percent Kreditsky, uh, that is clear. That could look like a lightish lager or a Blondale. Um, there was probably some reconciliation that drinkers had to do between their eyes and their mouth. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. The people who did who did drink it, they were. It's we've had mixed results with it. Um, either people really, really love it or really hate it. And I don't like to talk to those people. So, well, what, I mean, what was the most brutal comment you got? Um, as far as one, I haven't gotten any like, um, in-person comments. I know like untapped's not a real reliable source, but we've been getting a whole bunch of one stars because it's a smoke beer. (laughs) So. Logan and Spencer, can you relate to low scores on uh on the bottle cap site? Yeah. Uh, I was gonna, oh, sorry. No, go for it. Uh, I was gonna say I can relate to the bad comment thing because on Untapped, yeah, uh, we had one guy say, and you said we could say these words. So yeah. he, he said, "I would rather shit in my hands and clap than drink this again." <laughs> I just I, I don't believe that. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands. Um, (laughs) Logan, can you top that one? Yeah. Sorry, that was me. Oh, I'm sorry. Spencer, can you you top that one? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm all over the place these days. Uh, Spencer, what was the, do you you remember any sort of brutal comment you got? No, surprisingly, we've actually gotten really good feedback on on the bottle cap site about some of the rock beers especially um you know they're they're mostly sort of we don't really send any of those to distribution they kind of just stay in-house and uh yeah they're all like over four on untapped so that's pretty I'll great take, i'll take that yeah. any day yeah um all right so will 
you started off with the Graditsky that was uh, mixed results. Um, I imagine you did get some people, though, who were fairly excited by it or interested in the promise of the style. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've had we've had a few people that were really excited when they tried it. Um, uh, there's another brewer here in, in Kentucky. He's in Henderson, and he absolutely loved it, bought a couple of four packs, you know, as soon as he tried it on tap. So, so for your second Rauk beer, I mean, you know, Gradiskis are, I mean, they're not easy to make, but they're, they're, they're sort of a classic style. And then you got a little esoteric with your second one. Yeah. So yeah. Tell us about so, it. <laughs> so um, I've been reading uh, historical brewing techniques by Lars uh, Garshall. And um, one of the styles in that book was, and I might be butchering this name, but uh, the Strodosol, mm-hmm. um, which is a uh, Alderwood smoked uh, beer that has uh, juniper in it. So I've never tasted it. Uh, I haven't seen it here in the States. I'm sure breweries here in the States brew it. I, I don't know which ones, but I, I, that's something that I really wanted to you know, get my hands into. Uh, so, um, yeah, just, um, harvested some Eastern red cedar, uh, branches, uh, from my backyard and, um, got some, um, Alderwood smoke malt from Sugar Creek. So, uh, shout out to Caleb and yeah, so we, <laughs> we mashed it in a old, uh, green river bourbon barrel and added some whole cone centennial hops pitched Lutrica Vike and um, I think it's already done fermenting have to check later on but but the flavor is quite interesting honestly it's nothing I haven't tasted anything like it so I'm excited by that um Logan you've been messing around with bourbon barrels in the past yeah uh so probably two years ago um when we brewed our Grazisky actually um we just had two leftover bourbon barrels that if we didn't use them, they were going to dry up. Uh, so halfway through the brew day, we decided to try to ferment uh, some Gradziski in two of those barrels. Uh, and we actually just brought it back uh, and we'll be bringing that beer to uh, Camp Rock beer around CBC. So Ooh, we're going to talk about Camp Rock beer in just a minute. Um, but so what was your, now that you've done this twice now, um, what did you learn with using bourbon barrels the first time versus the second time? Uh, this time we were, we monitored the fermentation a lot more, uh, the first time because it was a last minute thing. We kind of just threw, you know, a makeshift blow off, uh, into the barrels cause we didn't have, you know, any kind of bung that would allow, uh, the pressure to release. Uh, so this time we basically, you know, built up a whole blow off system, stack the barrels. So they're out of the way and put them on pallets. Uh, so they're a little easier to move in and out of the cooler because we used a lager yeast. So we're, we were trying to keep it cold. Um, so we actually monitored through some temperature probes in through the bung and, uh, monitored it the entire time, uh, just to get a little, little more exact. And it, I think it came out a, a little cleaner than, uh, the previous batch. Um, I, and I assume that's just because we were watching the fermentation. Spencer, you, you're obviously surrounded by barrels. Um, uh, it is the big thrust of the brewery. 
Yep. What do you find that wood does for Rauk beer? I think for all of our kind of uh, barrel lagered lagers, it definitely provides a little bit of a tannin structure and it definitely is we're getting a little like not much oak pickup, but a little bit that's kind of like rounding out the beer. Um, it's definitely a lot of work and a pain in the ass, but um, <laughs> we're making it work. Have you and, found that that there's certain barrels that work better than others, or are you typically just using neutral? We're using neutral X wine barrels for the most part. <clears throat> for all the Ralph beers have gone through neutral um, wine barrels. So we haven't really experimented on the route beer side with, uh, you know, whiskey or bourbon barrels or any sort of other spirit or wine barrels. Yeah. I feel like for a style that is so uh, traditionally rooted in tradition that um, we're just starting to see some experimentation happen. Um uh, obviously, messing around with bourbon barrels, uh, you have um, uh, some breweries that are doing smoked saisons and smoked IPAs and uh, smoked sours and sort of uh, you know running running the the, the gamut with uh, with various styles. Um, where where is your creativity in the back of your mind leading you with Rauk beer these days? You know, Will, as you start to think about perhaps your third. Uh, your third Rauk beer, um, jumping from traditional to a little bit more of experimental. Um, where's your mind wandering for future Rauk days? Um, definitely would like to try uh, a Rauk beer with um, roasted or chocolate malt. So maybe like a, like a Schwartz beer, Rauk beer type, or a, maybe a smoked porter or something like that, that I think would, the, the smoke would complement the roasted toasty character of the malt. Logan, what about you? Where where's your creativity in the uh, back of your mind taking you these days? The latest thing I've been thinking about, which we could never scale up, but on a we have a small one barrel pilot system. Uh, so at home, every once in a while, I I smoke just pans of water and then freeze it for ice cubes to put into whiskey. Um, so I'm curious if we could smoke a bunch of water use it as our strike at strike sparge all of our uh water for the brew no smoke malt just see how much smoke actually comes through from the water okay again nothing i could scale up or put in cans but just something interesting yeah yeah i'm gonna need you to send me again a can of that yeah yeah i can do that <laughs> um spencer what about you where's where, where are you thinking creativity wise yeah, for Where the most like part, yeah. for the most part, we've been kind of hitting the classic Rauk beer styles. You know, Merzen, Helles, uh, Grodzitski. Uh, we haven't really experimented with any malt or or wheat smoke smoke with anything other than than beechwood or oak. Yeah, um, we've done one with pecan, as I say that. I so. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of stepping out of some of those classic styles and getting a little bit more experimental with it as we move forward. You know, our, kind of our whole business model is we don't really brew the same beer twice. We, we, we have brought some favorites back, 
but mostly everything's a one-off, especially on the Raptor side. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to hitting a few more of those like classic Bamberg or German styles, and then you know branching out and doing some more experiment with experimentation with different smoked woods or or styles that you don't typically see smoke malt in. Logan, in your bio, we mentioned uh, you mentioned the uh, some of the adjuncts that you've been using, you know, peaches, honey, pumpkins. Um, what do you feel those bring to as far as smoke levels and and drinkability? Yeah, so I was actually, I think, like out of those three, the peaches were uh, the most successful, um, and it gave a lot more smoke than I expected to. Um, we did a Belgian triple with, uh, cherry wood smoked peaches and it was probably, I think we did 60 pounds of peaches cut in half smoked for an hour and a half too. Um, and then just blended them up and threw them in a 20 barrel batch. Um, but the amount of smoke that came through, I was really surprised with that. Uh, and it just, you know, the fruit takes on a very uh interesting flavor when it's smoked uh it's a little it clings to it a little better than uh some meats or uh malt so it just adds like a a, a nice round um kind of sweet because uh it wasn't cold smoked it was hot smoked so yeah you're getting a little bit of caramelization uh in the fruit in the sugars in the fruit uh so it just adds like a really nice sweetness and rounds everything out have a uh, another bargain bin idea for you because I've been I've been smoking peaches uh, in the summer uh, when they're fresh uh, and then pureeing them with just a little bit of jalapeno and I wonder how that would play in like a pale ale like a west coast pale that sounds pretty fantastic okay there you go coming right. soon yeah coming next. soon to the discount rack near you in the <laughs> in the northern Poconos We'll make a double um, batch for that. Perfect. I, I feel like that could do well and do well with food, actually. It honestly might in the summer. Yeah. That's uh, uh let me know when 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 it gets on the fruit right. schedule so I can do. uh be there for your retirement party. Um <laughs> uh Spencer, the Craft Brewers Conference is coming up in May. Uh all of the uh the brewers are coming into town, uh, uh suppliers, uh, pretty much a lot of people associated with the brewing industry, uh as well as Taylor Swift uh is going to yeah. be in town for, for uh it's going to be exciting. And uh I'm I'm both excited and terrified about my flight down. The the last time that the Craft Brewers Conference was in Nashville, it was all on, on this United flight that I took from Newark. It was all bachelorette parties and brewers, and nobody was sober by the time the plane landed <laughs> two and a half hours later. I I don't know what to expect, um, except for a boozy sing along on the way down, which I'm which I'm super psyched about. Um, but yeah, you better Bar brush up on the Taylor Swift ly lyrics. Oh, I, I don't need any. You you have to. I mean, I'm I'm all set. I celebrate the entire catalog. Okay. Um, the anybody has a spare ticket, let me know. Um, if so, now I got all distracted. Um, Barrique Brewing and Blending is going to be the place to be for uh, the majority of the conference because every night 
of the conference week, you guys have something different going on. Um, you want to run us through the lineup? Yeah, for sure. So we're, we're kind of kicking things off on the Sunday, May 7th, um, kind of kick off CBC. We're doing a T-Swift hangover day. Yeah. T-Swizzy hangover day. Um, we're celebrating all bottom fermented lager beer that day. So we're bringing in a bunch of guest beers from our friends all over the country um, and people that make killer loggers. So we're going to be setting up like a little mobile bar in the back of our barrel warehouse um, and pouring some of the finest lager produced in America. Um, and then the following day, Monday, we're celebrating West Coast IPA, Westies with our besties. Same kind of thing. We'll have that mobile bar set up with um, 16 different West Coast IPAs. A lot of them brewed exclusively for the conference. Uh, Crosby Hops has been a huge major sponsor of that one, and they've donated a bunch of hops to all the breweries that are participating. Cool. Then skip to Wednesday. And then Wednesday is obviously the most important one. So no. Tuesday. No, no, no. Skip I skipped to Wednesday, Wednesday and then we're yeah. going to go to Tuesday. Yeah. So Wednesday, we're wrapping up CBC with uh, our Mixed Culture Mixer. Uh, same same kind of format, bringing in a bunch of guest beers that aren't available typically in the Nashville market from some of the top producers of wild and mixed culture beer around the country. Um, that's yeah, exciting. That's but those but are those Tuesday, events. Oh, Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday is, is what we're all we're all we're all excited for. Yeah, Tuesday we're hosting Camp Rock Beer. Um, in, it's in a real thing, kids. It's a real thing. Yeah. Yep. So we've got 16 different uh, rock beers lined up coming in from breweries all over the country. And we're really excited about it. It's going to be great. It's going to be gonna great. Be awesome. We're going to do a, a, a special edition Camp Rock Beer podcast from there. Um, M Souter, co-host of the All About Beer podcast, is going to be doing a pints and panels uh, pop-up shop, so you can get all of your your cool artwork from her. You guys have a food truck uh, that's yeah, coming got, in. Yeah, Cabin Attic. They do some really awesome smash burgers, and they're they're talking about doing some. Uh, I saw the first kind of proof of their menu. They're talking about doing some pairings for Rauk beer as well as in addition to their their smash burgers. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what they come up with. I'm so excited by this. I feel I feel like this is a, a, brewers are going to be excited by all of the things that you have lined up because I think all of these events are uh, what brewers like to drink, and uh, so I'm 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 one excited about that, but two um, that you guys are dedicating an entire night to to Rauk beer. I'm 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 just super stoked on um and i should point out and this is important to, to it's not just brewers who listen to the show but if um any listeners are in the greater nashville area on that may 9th um or any day of that week um you can also go to Breek and yeah. drink the beers this is not a badge only attendee only kind of thing this is open to the general public correct yeah we'll be open from noon um each day that week with kind of the events kicking off around four or five what time's the last yeah. call uh, we're talking about 10 right now, but All right. you know, if there's people here, we're not going to like usher them out. I feel like I could do a 10 solid hours of rock beer. <laughs> yeah. Enough. I kind of expect to get, you know, that major pop of people, you know, when the conference lets, lets out around four or five. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be great. Will, you're going to join us. Oh, absolutely. I'll be there every day. Yes. <laughs> I made sure to book the hotel, the closest hotel to Barik. So nice. That's uh, you're gonna you're gonna save so much money on Ubers. 
<laughs> you know, or you're going to get the shortest, most expensive Uber ride. Yeah, it's, I think it's like a five minute walk too. So, I mean, even if I don't oh, get I can, Uber, <laughs> I can see the nights in from our front steps. So, <laughs> yeah, that's it right there. <laughs> that's exciting. That's pretty great. Um, Logan, what are you most looking forward to when it comes to Camp Rockbeer? I just want to see what everybody else has going on. Uh, we're kind of, there aren't too many breweries around here and even fewer that do rock beer. So I don't get to have, you know, small batch uh, craft rock beer. So uh, really interested to see what everybody's bringing from all over the country. I'm excited by that. Um, <laughs> Lots of Grodzitski. There's, yeah. It, Perfect. It, right. Yeah. You said that there's a whole bunch of Graditskis, right? Yeah. I think we've got six <laughs> out of uh, 17. That's amazing. Sorry. Oh, yeah, but fine. yours is a little bit different, right? Are, how many of those are bourbon barrel aged? One. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. We'll take yeah, it. Dare, dare to be different, Logan. All right. I'll take it. Yeah, we're, we're doing the unofficial, official grots off. It's going to, yeah, there's got to be a trophy. We're going to go, we're going to go to some thrift shop and we're going to get the biggest, most gaudiest trophy we can find and uh, award a Graditsky trophy. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want people it, or just participation trophies for everybody. Maybe <laughs> I think that's probably a better way to go. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Um, all right. It, this is typically on the other show, uh, but since I have you all here, um, well, I want to ask you the green door question. I know it's coming. Yeah. So on drink beer, think beer, which is a, uh, a lesser known podcast that I host, um, I've been asking folks uh, about uh, the green door question, which is if you could walk through uh, a green door on our plane of existence and be at any bar or brewery anywhere in the world, where would you want to go? Who would you want to be drinking or who would you want to be drinking with? And what Ralk beer would you like to be drinking? Um, and Spencer, I'm going to start with you. Oh, <laughs> Um, and it doesn't have to be Ralph beer, but you should probably stay on brand for this show. <laughs> yeah, I guess, uh, if we're going Ralph beer, I'm, I'm sitting at Schlankala in Bamberg and I'm drinking their Hellas by the leader. And, uh, I guess I'm doing it with you, John. Perfect. I'll be there in uh, in September. I can't wait. Uh, Logan, same question to you. Yeah, wasn't prepared for that either. Um, <laughs> you've probably, been on this show. No, I, not this show, but you've been on the other one. Well, that's I didn't know it was going to be asked on this show. So okay, yeah. Um, I should know this, um, but uh, I think let I, me re- let me rephrase it then, right? Because I know everybody's going to say Schlankerla. Um, <laughs> let me rephrase yeah. this question. Thanks for then. letting me go first. Oh no, of course. See, I this is this is why we don't rehearse. Um, if you could be at your favorite dive bar drinking a Rauk beer, what's your favorite dive bar and what Rauk beer would you like to be drinking? Uh, favorite dive bar. Uh, it doesn't exist anymore, but it would be the Blooming Grove Tavern, uh, which is right around here uh, by us in Pennsylvania. And I would I mean, I would choose Schlenkerla, but to change it up, I think I'd do uh, Noble Beasts uh, Smoked Hellas. Nice. Uh, just a really nice 
light, smoky treat. All right, Will, to you. Favorite right. dive bar and what Rauk beer would you like to drink in it? Um, and then I'm coming back to you, Spencer. <laughs> so uh, they don't, they're not open anymore. They closed down, unfortunately, a few years back. But there was this, uh, this beer bar in Buffalo, New York um, called the Blue Monk. And yeah, like to drink I there. Blue Monk, yeah. Yep. Um, honestly, and I'm not saying this just because Spencer's here, but I really like his smoked Merton. So I'll drink a smoked Merton. And um, you said, who would I drink it with? Yeah. Honestly, yeah, Michael Jackson. Honestly, um, really liked his stuff. His his books are awesome. I actually have a commissioned painting of him in my office. So oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think I've watched, uh, the beer hunter, the whole series about five times. So yeah, I'd probably drink it with him. Nice. Spencer favorite dive bar. You can still drink Schlankler. You can mess mix it up if you want, but, uh, what's the dive bar you want to drink around in? I would, uh, I'm going to go back to my hometown of, uh, Banff, Alberta, Canada, Tommy's neighborhood pub, which has been an establishment there for, uh, 30 or 40 years. And I'm drinking, uh, I'm drinking smoke beer with my old man. Nice. Well, guys, thanks for doing this. Thanks for, for being on this week's show and for sharing your, your love of Rauk, your uh, commitment to the style and uh, uh, your unwavering support to all of us drinkers who uh, just want a little little ham water in our glass. So uh, looking forward to seeing you all at Camp Rauk Beer on May 9th at Breek Brewing and Blending in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, come one, come all, uh, hang out all night, uh, listen to a live broadcast of the podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks again, uh, Logan, Will, Spencer. Uh, I, I really appreciate you guys being here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks, Sean. As he does every week, Bart Watson, the chief economist of the Brewers Association, is here to count the smoke numbers and to give us the stats of Rauk beer growth, success, and sales. Bart, welcome back to the show, and I'm eager to hear how Rauk beer has done. Please give us the cold smoked hard facts. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me as always. Hope you had a good smoky week. Um, always. Yeah. You know, th th this week I wanted to dive into a new data set that we haven't explored before. No. Um, and that's, um, that's untapped data, which, you know, I think this is a great data set to use here, you know, Ralph being on, you know, the cutting edge of, you know, forward thinking beer drinkers, you know, similar to, um, you know, untapped users who are, you know, they're, they're looking to experiment, they're looking to try stuff. So, so I thought it'd be an interesting place to, to dig into the data a little bit. And, you know, the numbers are good. You know, the first thing looking over the last, you know, 365 days is as a share of total check-ins, um, you know, Rauk and Smoke combining those um, have grown as a percentage of, of check-ins. So I think we are seeing um, some growth, you know, at least, you know, this isn't always a representative um, data set. You know, these untapped drinkers are going to be a little bit different, but amongst those cutting edge of, of people who know they're great beer, um, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing growth in these styles. And I, I think that points to, you know, some of the great innovation we're seeing in the market. I, um, I hadn't thought about untapped as, as, as a resource. And I imagine it just has to be straight five bottle caps across the board for every single route beer. It's, you know, it, I was, I was shocked that it wasn't, 
Um, the average style rating is about 3.7. Um, so, you know, blasphemy. Got, yeah. yeah well, well, I mean, it just shows the discerning customers out there. I mean, while, you know, all, all, all smoke beers are going to be beautiful. You know, some people are, are nailing it a little bit more than others. We can get into that in a second. Kind of Please. Some of the most checked in uh, people, but you know, We'll see. We'll see if that that starts moving over the next year as as people you know continue to raise their game. Um, you know, two other data points I wanted to pull from this were um, time of year, so seasonality, which I don't know that we've ever talked about before. But I don't think we have. You know, I mean, there's check ins all year, right? You know, there's there's never a bad day to to have one of these beers. But um, you know, one thing that that I found interesting is how important the October, November, December period is for these in terms of check ins. Um, you know, people sitting by that holiday fire, maybe wanting to pair that with, with some smoky goodness. Um, and I think I, what I see when I look at this data is then opportunity. You know, how can we extend that to campfires in the summer, to you know, spring and fall season? And how can brewers use this as an opportunity to um, you know, not just make these you know, late fall, winter seasonal beers, but all year beers that really you know, drive volume for their breweries? Well, I, I will point out that Dovetail has announced that every month is now National Rauch Beer Month. And I, I really think it's something that we all need to get behind. Yeah, no, it's smart. You know, it's the kind of, you know, marketing that, that capitalizes on what we're seeing in the data and, and sees the opportunity that's out there. Um, you know, one other data point that you can pull from this is you can look at, you know, geography, uh, which is a little bit different. So if we compare it to something like IPA and we look at the tap, you know, tap, untapped check-ins there, and then we look at smoke beer, you know, one thing that jumped out to me is, is popularity in the upper Midwest. So you really see, you know, in metro areas, both Chicago and Minneapolis move up the list a little bit. Um, and I wonder, too, if that, that suggests opportunity, not only in those geographic regions, but in, you know, tying these beers to, you know, theme nights. You get your Chicago enthusiasts in with a Chicago hot dog, you know, food pairing. And, you know, that allows you to sell, you know, some more, some more rauk, some more smoke porter, whatever it is that you have on your menu at your tap room. So uh, that was an insight I thought I wanted to share with all the tap rooms and brew pubs out there. Maybe get those you know, Midwest expats missing home, give them some smoky beers, get them into the tap room. The thing that I've come to rely on and, and completely understand is that when you offer a call to action, people stand up to it. Well, you know, I, I you know, I, I try not to, you know, give too much advice to brewers. Brewers know their own business models. I try to give them the data points, but this is where the data points. So, yeah. you know, you, you, you see a data point here and um, you know, there's great marketing minds out there that I'm sure that we'll figure out other ways to spin this. But the Midwesterners clearly like their their routes. So, you know, you're you're in Florida. You got all the snowbirds there in the winter. You know, maybe bring them in with some some smoky beers. That's right. Move the uh, move the smoke belt down a little bit south. I like it. Yeah. And then um, last data point, you know, yeah. I, I try to stay away from from individual breweries. But, you know, this this data set, you know, breaks out some of the top top breweries and beers. And, you know, some of them are are the classics, the imports. Um, which, by the way, we did see a slight shift in, in check-ins toward domestic um, in the past year. So domestic, you know, smoke producers taking a little bit of check-in share, maybe not necessarily sales share, but check-in share from FEM imports. But the imports are, you know, high in the check-ins. We also, and, and we saw some domestic ones that have long been in this space, you know, Alaskan brewing, um, you know, you see, um, you know, breweries like Dovetail, you know, popping up in the top of these lists. One I wanted to call out, though, that's really moved up the list and, and popped in the last 365 is Brewery Omegon. Really? That's not a brewery. Yeah, not a brewery we often associate. You know, we think of them with Belgian beers. Yeah. Uh, seeing a lot of success. They've got a, you know, I looked it up. They've got a barrel-aged smoked porter. 
Um, and you know, one of the highest checked in smoke beers in the past really? year. So just, you know, just a sign to all the breweries out there. Yeah. Maybe you make IPAs, maybe you make, you know, Belgian beers, whatever it is, there's opportunity here in smoke and, and, you know, the, the check-ins for Brio Magong in the past year really, really proved that. Wow. Three philosophers hitting that, uh, hitting that Ralk malt. Yeah. I Good mean, for you them. Know, you know, philosophers like, uh, like smoked things. So, you know, it makes yeah. Sense. Yeah. Expand your mind. Let it wander a bit. I dig it. Um, Well, that's helpful to know from the, from the bottle cap site uh, that, that all that data is there and that people are, are embracing Rauk beer in the way that they, that they should be clearly some more work to do, but uh, this is, this is, this is a great, uh, a a, a great start. Yeah. And I brought one other, one other, you know, item to discuss with you, which I don't, I don't, again, I don't think we've talked about, but, you know, as an analyst, I really try to stay on the cutting edge of tools and techniques. And one which is taking you know the world by storm right now is AI, yes, and, and ChatGPT. So you know as I think about the market, I'm trying to use this as a tool more and more. Um, and so I fed some queries into ChatGPT about uh, what the market for Rauk, what the market for smoked beers looks like in the U.S. and what it might look like in the coming year. And you know if we've got a few more minutes, I thought it was interesting to pull out a few quotes from that. I would love to know what our future computer overlords have to think about Rauk beer. Yeah, you know, and, and and some of the data maybe is a little bit out of date. I mean, you know, some of, you know, it calls it a relatively niche style. As we know, you know, growing in popularity, um, a lot of the data was trained on is old, so so makes sense. But but I thought some of its predictions, you know, really, really resonated with me. So um, ChatGPT always tries to couch its predictions, difficult to make, blah, 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 not important. Um, but it really focuses in on how craft beer consumers are looking for unique and distinct flavors. So just reading this quote, Consumers will continue to seek out unique and distinct flavors. This could bode well for Ralph Beer's popularity in the coming year. So straight from the AI, straight from, you know, um, you know, somebody who's agnostic about the market and is just reading what's what's out there on the Internet. You know, one data point suggesting growth around unique standing out, which is really important in today's market. So, um, you know, I thought that was interesting. Um, You know, it also points to dedicated following. So. one of the other queries pointed out there's a, still a dedicated following of beer enthusiasts who appreciate the unique flavors and aroma that these beers offer. And, you know, in a world where it's getting harder and harder to stand out, it's a competitive market. Um, I think, you know, I think ChatGPT is onto something here that this is, you know, this is a core market that, that really fiercely love these beers. Um, and so, you know, as, uh, as you look to stand out in the marketplace, that's another thing that I pulled from some of my, my ChatGPT queries that I thought was interesting. Wow. That's great. I, 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 I love that AI is uh, thinking about this and, yeah, so, and giving us a direction. And, you know, for the brewers listening too, another tool in your toolkit, you know, maybe you're unsure, you know, which smoke beer, you know, what styles work well? Great question for Chat GPT. Or how am I going to market these smoke beers differently? You know, that's a great place to start as you, as you know, kick off your smoke program at your brewery. We're also seeing a lot of breweries these days, and this is for real, uh, using these types of programs to create actual beer recipes. So uh, if you've been unsure about what Rauk beer is going to be right for your brewery, uh, that's how you can um, uh, get some answers, get some results. Yeah, exactly. And, and remember, you know, it's, this is an iterative process. These tools are great if you ask follow-up queries. So whenever you ask ChatGPT or recipe, don't be afraid to follow up the query of, all right, give me that recipe again now with 5% smoke malt. Perfect. 
anything else, uh, Bart, or I, we just covered a lot in a short period. No, you know, I know, you know, every week you, you ask me what I've been drinking on and I have, um, yeah. And, and, you know, this week I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure I had, um, you know, a, a ton of options here in Colorado. So I wanted to, you know, I try not to get on my soapbox too much, but, but, you know, say, well, I see a lot of Colorado breweries chasing trends, you know, a lot of Italian pilsners coming out right now, which don't get me wrong. I love, but, um, how about a few more smoke beers, Colorado breweries? Um, yeah. I, I love to walk into the tap room. This is a great, the springtime of year. You know, you're transitioning from that winter inside fire, the you know outside summer fire, and I'd love to be be sharing a rauk, a, a smoke beer, uh, along with it. Yeah, enough with your slow pour pills and your dank IPAs. Let's get some more smoke on tap. Exactly. I mean, you know, we got uh, we've got lots of opportunity there, as we just heard from uh, AI. So make it happen. Perfect. Well, thank you, Bart, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks. Looking forward to it. And that, my friends in Rauk Beer, is the end of our show for this week. Tell me about your favorite Rauk Beer by emailing John Hall, that's J-O-H-N-H-O-L-L, at allaboutbeer.com. And be sure to visit allaboutbeer.com. A reminder, join the This Week in Rauk Beer Facebook group and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TWRaukBeer. Merch, including glassware, camp Rauk Beer mugs, and shirts and hats are available on our website, allaboutbeer.com slash merch, and every order helps keep us on the air. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, for your telegrams of support, and your willingness to indulge on this first day of April, 2023. For now, stay safe, look out for one another, and drink that smoke if you got it. Good night. Good night.